Sports fans, you are listening to Philly vs. the World, a sports podcast through WHIP with three guys from three different sports cities debating sports topics. Now your hosts, Chris Kofsky, John Iliano, and Drew Bishop. Perfect! Perfect! are listening to Philly versus the world for the fifth time, the fifth episode of the season, fresh off an electrifying Super Bowl 53, guys, right? Electrifying? I was on the edge of my seat I, the I, entire I, time. I, I couldn't put down it, the chips. It might have been better than last year's Super Bowl. Who was, was it, John? Who was in last year's Super Bowl again? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Today's the one-year anniversary of the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia, oh. city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, becoming champions for the four, first time. Really sick. Unbelievable. As Beautiful. Rep- as a representative of the world, I'm sick. Come I'm on, disgusted. man. Don't, don't be salty. I'm pretty salty. So let's get to our first topic, boys, shall we? Super Bowl review. Was this the worst Super Bowl ever? John, we'll start with you. I wouldn't say it's the worst Super Bowl ever. I think the 2011 season Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Giants was the Mario Manningham catch. I thought that was the worst Super Bowl because I can't remember more than one play in that game. Just the That's Mario because you're Manningham. an Eagles fan and you don't care probably. Honestly, I thought it was just a bad matchup. I, we already saw that movie before, and I thought this was an inter- more interesting matchup, even though I called this the worst matchup. But the game was close, and that's all we really could ask for. I think people get confused on what they want in a Super Bowl. They want a high-scoring close game. People forget to say, I want high scoring. They just say, I want a close game. Mm-hmm. You got you got your close game. That's what happened here. So I don't think it's the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Hmm. It's definitely not the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, Broncos Super Bowl. I was just Manning? About to say Broncos. But at least that was Seahawks, at least that was to eight. but at least that was electrifying. Like there was How? electrifying no, it plays wasn't. in the beginning. When I, I'll take. I see. That's the thing is that people always say I want a good game, but they don't say they want a high-scoring game. That's the problem. Yeah. Is because I'll take this game where I went into the fourth not knowing, pretty much saying an interception or a fumble can, One play completely, could change change, the, yes. completely change the game. Yep. Versus sitting in the fourth quarter when it's like forty-three to eight and just rotting away, and I'm just eating snacks. I, I could have been asleep during that Broncos game in the fourth quarter, but not not this game in the fourth quarter. I wasn't asleep. I didn't see a lot of scoring. I didn't see electrifying offense. But I certainly saw a game that was exciting. That was exciting also because of the players, because of the coaches, not because of the refs. For once the refs were in a storyline, it can't be the worst Super Bowl just because it was such a methodical choking, right? It, it was methodical, it was slow, it was gross, but it was competitive. It was something where until, you know, Goskowski hits the, the final field goal, you're sitting there like, you know, this this can change at any point. The Rams have a chance till that point, right? And so, you know, was it, the most electrifying was it the most you know thematic uh, just you know movie like no not at all last year we really got a huge you know shot of that but this year it was still exciting it wasn't the war super bowl i've even ever seen in my short lifetime so no i'm with it definitely couldn't disagree with both you guys i think this was the worst super bowl ever I talked about it with John all week. We all talked about it, how this was going to be such a terrible Super Bowl. And it did not disappoint whatsoever. It was bad. But it was even worse than I thought it would be. I at least thought, you know, we'll see a couple touchdowns, some back and forth, some rights and lefts between Goff and Brady. And it was just a stalemate. And and you know what? It, it was a dis- decent defensive game. And the coaches really shined about how smart they were. But 
it just was boring. And I know I get what you guys are saying about the Seahawks and Broncos game. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't even watch that game. Wow. I had work that day. Oh uh, BS. I had work. That's a I, terrible excuse. I worked at Sonic and I, I had to work. So I couldn't see the full <laughs> you game. Were you the rollerblade? Oh, I swear to God. No, it was oh, not yeah. a rollerblade. I was that a week ago, right? Manager, yeah, yeah. No. You didn't, you didn't rollerblade? No, I didn't rollerblade. You're a fraudulent uh, I was a employee. cook, and I worked the, the drive-thru, and I worked inside, and I was a manager, but I didn't, uh, I didn't rollerblade. Wow, what but a anyway, fraudulent employee. From the highlights of I saw that game, at least, you know, we talked about this on our show today with Connor. There was at least an exciting Super Bowl moment in that game. It, it was Malcolm Smith dominating. You know, there were, there were at least electrifying moments. We talked about it. There wasn't really an electrifying Super Bowl moment in this game. Yeah, there's no signature play. Right. But it might be the Gronk play. Sure, it was, but... I'd say it's the McCourty play in the end zone with Brandon Cooks. Oh, Jason McCourty knocking yeah. the ball down? Yeah, yeah you can I say think that. that's the most that's game-changer. Good, that's, sure. That's a good one. It, but these are like... They're not electrifying. They're game... You know, they're game-changers. Think about it. Electrifying, game-changer in the Eagles game. It's Philly special, Philly baby. special, electrifying. You want you know, Philly-Philly? Think about it. Edelman, Electri- Edelman catch Falcons-Patriots. Yes, absolutely. Look at the Giants, Patriots, Manning, uh, David Tyree, catch on his head. Well, yeah, yeah, you could choose a signature play in every right, single but Super Bowl. It, you know, it's That's just it. this Super Bowl just wasn't electrifying for me, and I was hoping if this was going to be the matchup. I would wanted to see a high-scoring close game, which you said a lot of people said it was a close game, but not a high-scoring close game. Funny thing too is we're saying that this was a close game, which it, it was. It was a 10-point different. But it was also the Patriots' largest margin of victory in a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's pretty so we're saying that this was a close game, but the Patriots won by 10, and yet this was the, the biggest you know margin they ever won by. So it's just interesting. It's weird. So much weird things to say. Like the Patriots, 13 points were the least amount of points scored by a team to win the Super Bowl. The Rams were second least amount of points scored by a team in the Super Bowl. It was just a weird game. And then I looked at the stat sheet, and it just the Patriots dominated. You know, They almost had double the yards almost double the time of possession. They really just dominated this game. And, you know, if anything, it really felt like the Rams were the really just the bad part of the Super Bowl. The Patriots, sure, they didn't play that well, but at least they they, they had some electrifying parts on def- on offense. The Rams, I don't – like, what was the most electrifying play that the Rams had on offense? Can Probably you even think the, about uh, it? The toe dragger for um, – was it Cooks or Woods? I think it was Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. I think that that's probably their their biggest one. Sure. And you're right. sideline, right? And and you're right. But, like, the Patriots, like, they're most excited. At least they had the pick at the end. They had the Sony Michelle touchdown, the Gronk big pass, the, you know. Actually, you know what? The Rams, probably the most electrifying play they had was the interception on the first drive of the game. Sure. That was probably their most electrifying thing. It was just, I don't know. It just wasn't what I expected. It it was depressing, kind of. How about this? Do you think... The NFL 100 commercial was more entertaining than the actual game. No, no question no, about it. It's only like a minute. That was it, two minutes. That was a two-minute commercial. It was two minutes. Two minutes and five and a half million per 30 seconds. So do the math. That Whew. that commercial must have cost it around 20 million dollars. And obviously, you look at all the figures in it. Now the right? figureheads. Plus that. There, oh my god. There was more electrifying catches in that game than there was in the Super Bowl. Oh my <laughs> god! But that was dude. That that commercial was like. It was great. That's the consensus. That, that was like. The best commercial I don't want seen. to go off topic a little bit, but I'm glad you brought up commercials because the commercials kind of sucked this year too. Besides, well, that there's one. no Doritos commercials. There there's was no the one with Chance the Rapper. There was a Chance. Well, I'm saying it's not as like creative as the ones we've seen. No, previous there was years. no competition just, for them. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying a lot about the Super Bowl was just depressing. The, the game, halftime show sucked. The game, too. the matchup, the the show wasn't great. The, the Super Bowl commercials were garbage. The only good thing was my girlfriend's tacos. There's the only good thing about. <laughs> 
Does Super she make Bowl. good tacos? She oh, she make makes for... good tacos. Oh, she Drew, makes, Drew would know? She makes great tacos. Oh, my God. How would Drew know? <laughs> uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. He's just being, you know, a ball buster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's all. <laughs> but, <laughs> wink, all right. wink. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this. When we look back at the 2018 NFL season, what stands out to you the most? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's it. That's all the Super Bowl was. That's no, all the no. Super Bowl. The entire season. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Still. Tom Brady. That's it. That's it. In in one of his worst seasons ever, I would say, is this Super Bowl wasn't about the Patriots and the Rams. This Super Bowl was about Brady. And if Brady lost, it would be about Brady ending his career. And if Brady won, which he did, it's about him extending his career and extending history. It's going to be all about Brady. It's not going to be about Mahomes and his 50 touchdowns. It's not going to be about Drew Brees mm. passing the touchdown re- or the uh, passing yards record. It's not going to be about, you know, the electrifying rookies like how Baker Mayfield lifted up Cleveland and Saquon didn't exactly lift up New York, but he was certainly electrifying. None of those storylines are going to matter. At the end of the day, this is going to be Tom Brady's sixth ring. <laughs> this this will be a, a, a plateau that may only be broken by Tom Brady. So when we look back on this season, it's going to be all about the Patriots, all about Brady and their dominance. You see, I, I disagree with you. I think, and I'm not going to solely put it on your favorite player in football, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to talk about the young quarterback play and the, f- the great future this league has with guys like Mahomes, Andrew Luck, who's coming back now. We're seeing him get back to his strength. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, the, those younger guys, Carson Wentz coming back, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, I want to Lamar see how Jackson, his career turns Dak out. Dak Prescott, you know, wherever, you know, these young quarterbacks, they're going to be taking over the league and they're going to be the second comings of the the Mannings, the Breeze, the Brady's, the Rodgers. These guys are the second comings and we saw it when Mahomes is 50 touchdowns. These young quarterbacks can flat out play. I think that's going to be a big storyline coming in that the future of these young quarterbacks and how they're going to change, you know, football and be these explosive high-scoring offenses that we're going to see for years. But I think come. that could be the storyline every season, right? Every season there's always young quarterbacks who electrify the league. I think that it's to me that, that that's just my rebuttal for that is that, you know, Brady is a once in a lifetime. Sure. Young quarterbacks are a storyline okay. every every single but season. But these young quarterbacks, they just seem different than the quarterbacks in the past. And led by guys like Mahomes, he's special. We're going to see Carson Wentz back this year. He's a special quarterback. Baker Mayfield, he's special the way he plays these games. These guys are going to be awesome to watch. And I get what you're saying. You could say that every year about, oh, this guy, this guy, and this guy. But it's just something special about th- this year. And I think Mahomes really set, you know, set the bar. Like, okay, here I am in my first year, second year, really, but first year playing, I put 50 touchdowns. Who's the next guy to step up to do that? You know, is this going to be a common thing? Are these young gunslingers going to start putting up 40 to 50 touchdowns, you know, early in their career? We'll see. What I'm most excited about, or not, what I when I look back at this season, one thing I will focus on the most is the quarterbacks. It's easy to say that, and it's kind of a lazy analysis to say that. But you look of how much turnover there is with the quarterbacks. Let's just talk about the old guys. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Those guys are towards the end of their careers. Let's see how they turn out to be because Drew Brees, his last seven games of the year were not Drew mm-hmm. Brees-type games. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, we saw a crappy performance in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers just keeps on getting hurt. These new guys, let's see if they can take over, like Chris said earlier. But how about teams like the Raiders yeah. that need a quarterback, Giants, all those guys. And also, two, all right, two uh, seasons ago when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, championship weekend, the quarterbacks were Tom Brady, Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, and Case Keenum. Three mm. of those guys are already on different yep. teams, most likely. So I just like the turnover that the quarterbacks just – it's like a carousel. Mm. I, I'm really excited to see that this upcoming season. So I, I think it's funny that we're – and it's just funny how we're referring to Rodgers as, like, older because a couple of years ago he was a young guy and Manning and Brady and we're up there. But now Rodgers, you're right, he's getting up there. He's getting there up, he's up there in prone, age. Yeah. I hate to say it because I love Aaron Rodgers, but his window – it's, it's, it's closing, and it's really starting to shrink, and it's going to be tough. 
with a young coach. But, hey, we've seen it work out for the Rams, the Eagles, with a young coach. They're making it to the championship games. They're making it to the Super Bowl weekend. So maybe a young coach in Green Bay will actually help Aaron Rodgers. But I just think it's funny how we're considering him a, an, an older player because of, you know, a few years ago he was a young buck in the league. But absolutely right, he, he is. Speaking of, uh, a guy, I guess, a guy's future shrinking, how about this? Was this the Pats' last Super Bowl title, and is Gronk going to retire? I hate I hate to be the guy to say it because I don't want to be, oh, you counted out the Pats the day after they won the Super Bowl for the next season. But I'm going to realis- realistically say it. I think that might have been the last championship. Yeah. Would I be surprised if they won again? No, but look, we saw them play in the biggest game. They didn't play that well. Sure, they got a victory, but they didn't play that well. I think these younger teams in the AFC, these teams like the Chargers, the Chiefs, you know, whatever the Steelers decide to do, the Ravens, the Browns, these teams, the Colts, keep going on and on. These young teams are going to catch up to these Patriots teams. And I think next year, I'm not saying the Patriots aren't going to win the East because they probably right now they are in a good contention unless somehow the Jets make these crazy offseason moves and they got Brown and Bell and things that they're talking about. They're going to be a favorite to make the East. So they're, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. But do I think they'll win another title? I don't really think so. Okay. And I don't want to say I'm counting them out. I'm just being realistic. I'm just saying what I saw from the championship game, what I see from these young guys, I don't think they'll win another one. And as far as Gronk goes, I think he's done. I just think he, he's better days are behind him. He had a decent game, you know, yesterday, but it wasn't a Gronk-like performance where we thought we would see. I mean, he had six receptions for 87 yards. That might have been his best game he had since week one of the season. I mean, he Maybe. Just, it, just, it, just, it just seems like he's just slower for the game. He's not as athletic and physical as he was when he was younger. And injury has a lot to do with that. But, I mean, you can't knock the kid. Gronk's been one of the greatest and most electrifying tight ends to watch in our generation. I wouldn't bet a dime against the New England Patriots right now for them being done, for them not winning any more Super Bowl. I wouldn't bet a dime. And here's why. is because I can't sit here and and say, realistically, I'm going to say that because reality is broken, right? Winning a Super Bowl with a 41-year-old QB six times now, Six, their sixth Super Bowl at the age of 41, that's breaking reality. So I'm not going to work on the basis of reality. I'm going to work on the basis of what I know, in that the Patriots are the wheel wagon of the NFL, and that every single pioneer in the NFL, whether it's Sean McVay or Pat Mahomes or whoever else you want to list, is chasing that wagon. And they're still chasing it, as proven by this game. Here's the thing. The Los Angeles Rams averaged 32.9 points a game this year. They scored three last night. Three on a 51-yarder. That was insane. To see that, to see the, the the will bending that the Patriots are doing to teams in this league, let's not forget Kansas City, electrifying offense. What happened in the first half? Blank. Nothing. Smacked. And the second half, they made adjustments, which is props to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the weapons they have. But clearly, no one has been able to get the Patriots out of their comfort zone when it counts. They rolled through everybody in these playoffs, unless you want to argue the OT, OT rules for the championship game. So frankly, I'm not going to bet against them. For Gronk, I hope he retires because no one cares anymore. He's not as cool as he used to be. He's not the best in the league. He's not the second best at his position either. And frankly, you know, he did a great job of sacrificing, going out, blocking, being that tight end this year for this team. But you should retire. When you become just a shell of yourself in this season and the injuries he suffered and the way he speaks about the game of football— 
I think he needs to step away, especially since I think it was big on him. He wanted to participate in a Super Bowl, not just win a ring standing there. And I think that that was huge for him, the fact that he could make that clutch catch that put them in the position for Sony Michelle's touchdown. I think that that's big on him, and I think that he should be commended for that. But when the train passes you by, you got to drop it, and I think Gronk should be the next one to drop. All right. I, I'm going to agree with Drew. I don't think this is the last Super Bowl title, actually. I think Brady, as relieved as he's seemed after winning that Super Bowl, he's got six now. He's tied with Michael Jordan. <laughs> Tom Brady is trying to go for number seven. He's going to try to be the best athlete without a doubt of all time. He doesn't want any debate whatsoever. So he's going to go for number seven. And I hate to say it. But I think he may get number ni- number seven within these next three years. Yeah. And after he gets number seven, that's when he'll retire. Because it, he's 42 now. He said he wants to retire at 45. Mm-hmm. He's still got a lot of time left. Dude, he gets to Olympian level. If he gets seven, he, if he, you're right on the athlete thing. If he passes MJ, he it's, goes it's into done. Phelps, Williams, yeah. like that kind of talk. You I think say, he already uh, is, though, because you only have one shot in the NFL plays. It's a single elimination. And for you to, to be able to get on the mountaintop six times, mm-hmm. whoo. That's, that's crazy. 11 appearances. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Big stuff. So, big stuff. I mean, I, I get what you guys are saying. And is Gronk going to retire? I'm sorry. Is Gronk going to retire? No, he is not going to retire. I know that 100% he's not. Because I know he doesn't want to retire before Tom Brady does. <laughs> because he knows that he would look pretty soft if he did. I guess. I guess. But he's not soft, though, when you see his injury exactly. history. Yeah, if not. he was to retire. But he also did say, I don't want to retire before Tom does. That's what he said. Well, there's nothing to be soft about when you probably have – maybe five brain cells left in your head yeah. from CTE and getting knocked around. And your quarterback is one of the most protected, healthiest quarterbacks that play the game. I get what you're saying. It makes sense. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, I'm going to let this 40-year-old guy retire before of me with my chiseled, big muscle body, and I'm just, you know, going to retire young. But, I mean, injuries have a lot to do with it. He's got injured a lot. Brady, yeah. Brady has been lucky to not really get injured in his career besides that one time 07. where he tore his ACL, which was actually the only year I ever drafted him in fantasy football. That's probably why he tore his ACL. Or 08 he drafted. 08. Yeah. Well, whatever year I drafted yeah. him, whatever year he tore his ACL is when I drafted him first. Yeah, you remember who, you remember who uh, tackled him? Was it? Who? It was Bernard Pollard, the Chiefs safety. safety. Really? Yeah. Ooh, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's fun. I don't know. All right. All right, next topic. AD's future and the latest trade proposal by the Lakers today just came in literally about a half hour before our show started. The new deal involves Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Michael Beasley, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, two first-round draft picks, and the Lakers were also said they would take Solomon Hill to eat up cap space from the Pelicans. So, my question to you guys, do you do this trade if you're the Pelicans? And do you think this is where he end up? Anthony Davis. Uh, if I'm the Pelicans, I don't take this trade because I don't see Josh Hart on here. I would rather have Josh Hart than Lance Stevenson. If they could swap out Lance Stevenson and Josh Hart, S- salaries. I would take salaries. Mm-hmm. Jo- okay. Josh Hart's like getting one point seven. Okay, like that's Lance fine. Right. Like five point something. Then add in Josh Hart. That's what. If you want Anthony Davis that bad, give me Josh Hart. If I'm the Pelicans, that's, I, that's what I need. Two first-round picks I like, but I want Josh Hart say along they, with these they, guys. Say they do what you want. Like, they replace Josh Hart for Lance Stevenson. Just say that's, is, that, yeah. is that a go done. for you? Done. You're done? That's all it t- takes for you. Done. Here's, Kyle Kuzma is going to be a superstar. I like Kyle Kuzma. Brandon Ingram, 
I could trade him away because I'm not a big fan of Brandon Ingram. Lonzo Ball, he's okay. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans. All right, I could trade him away for a draft pick. Michael Beasley, he's all right, whatever, one year. Rajon Rondo, he's a good leader to have on your team. And he's, he's just, some, he was just and there. He's just there. <laughs> just exactly. there. I could see them exactly. switching out Rondo and Hart before Rondo and Stevenson. Right? I don't know. I would, I'd rather have Josh Hart along with this group. So mm-hmm. if Josh Hart was in this trade, I would agree to the trade if I'm the Pelicans. Here's the thing, right? There's more going on than just I want assets and you want this star who wants out. It's Dell Demps being the kind of the, the the flag leader for all the small small market teams that are getting attacked by this new age of superstars, right? He's fighting for just like how the Spurs fought and fought and fought and finally got that star they wanted along with those pieces. This is what Dell Demps wants to do. He wants to be a little prick in Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka's side because he's seen how quickly Danny Ainge has swiped Kyrie from Cleveland and, uh, you know, other stars, PG, um, coming from not exactly big market to big market, small market to small market, but Pacers to Thunder. We've seen how when demands are made, a lot of times the team that bows out to the demands immediately is kind of floored and they kind of end up in a bad situation. Del Demps wants to resurrect this Pelicans team, despite the fact that no one else seems to really care down there. He's not going to take this just because he's looking, he's on the phone with Urban Magic Johnson, and he's saying, you think you you can bust my balls just because I'm a, I'm the New Orleans GM and you're a Hall of Famer and blah, blah, and, and this and that, and Anthony wants out. And this. They have him on contract. So when you have the ultimate leverage, the control leverage of that, this is going to be the small market war that teams have been waiting for, that these small market teams are so upset about. This is going to be the battle in which it's really displayed. What happens when the Pelicans really stay strong and really try to squeeze every little juice they can out of the people who want Davis? I don't know if it's going to get to the summer with the Celtics because I think the Lakers are going to shove everything they can down there. But it it's how stubborn is the Pelicans' front office compared to, you know, how willing is the rest of the league to give up. And I could really see a surprise team that we're not hearing about in the mix swing in and try to offer that. You know, Toronto wasn't in the mix for Kawhi. That wasn't the talk. It was Clippers. It was Lakers. You know, what are they going to do? Toronto came out of nowhere, swiped in, and in a few days after the report, got Kawhi. I think something like that might happen in this situation. It might be the Bucks because... Anthony Davis just came out and said he would resign with the Bucks. Yeah, but the Bucks don't have the the. I don't think they have the assets to give up. To oh, get they, Anthony Davis. they have the, they assets. Have the assets. They do. Yeah, they could give up Bledsoe, Chris, Chris Middleton, Thonmaker wants yeah. out of there, yeah. and then a few picks. A couple and, picks. Absolutely. Yeah, they got the money and mm. the players. I don't know if I'm the Pelicans. I, I get what Drew's saying. Maybe you don't take this deal right away because this is only the second offer by the Lakers. The first one was without the first two draft picks, and it didn't have Brandon Ingram in there. So. If you're the Pelicans, you say this is your second offer. This is a nice offer, in my opinion. I, I like this. I know Anthony Davis doesn't want to be there. If I don't get rid of him by this year or next year, he's going to leave anyway. I might as well get something from him. You're going to be getting guys like Kuzma, Ingram, if you decide to keep him, Lonzo Ball to pair with True Holiday if they keep him. It's a nice front court. But in the sense of what Drew's saying, you could probably keep pushing their buttons. Because you, know, you hear what you're saying. You're just saying, oh, sub out, you know, uh, Lance Stevenson for Josh Hart. I'm sure the Lakers would be like, if that's what's gonna, is that's what's yeah. holding us up. No problem. They we don't care. Then, then and that's, not, do that's not gonna be that's not gonna be the deciding factor. But I think it's a good trade by the Pelicans. But to like I said, to back up Drew, they Dems can have a lot of leverage with this. He could say, no, we don't really like this offer. 
we're looking somewhere else. And guess what? The Lakers will come back and give them even more. Maybe they'll give them a third round, first round pick. You know, this is only the second offer. They they could keep pushing the Lakers, or like Drew saying, push another team to come in there and give you a better offer. Maybe it's the Knicks because the Knicks want to make a big splash, or maybe like you guys are saying, the Bucks want to give a, you know, you know, give a trade revolving around Bledsoe. You know, you you don't know, but. I don't know. It's a good offer, and it's a lot. Like, the Pelicans are getting a lot back in return. It's not a trade where you see it and they say, wow, the Pelicans are getting ripped off. They're getting a lot of young talent that they could really, you know, like John said, move around as chess pieces for more trades or build their team around. So, I don't know. I think this. I think this team. No matter what assets they get, they waste them unless they get a star. So I think that this is this is where they shine. Because Kyle Kuzma a, will be the star after after this. He won't he won't lead them anywhere. They'll be eleventh seed, twelfth seed with really? Kyle Kuzma as their number one player. He could even be an all star. They won't be anything because he's a pure scorer. He's not an involver at all. Yeah, makes sense. You, yeah. you those stars are all going to go there. They're going to waste away and they're going to get traded away. And Pelicans are going to tank. The thing is, is right now is when the Pelicans. This is their star-studded showdown. This is when they're in prime time because they're not going to be in there for a long time after this. So this is the battle. This is where they need to hunker down and really just be a thorn in the league's ass so that, you know, these teams and the fan base just remembers how hardly they dealt Davis. So so let me ask you, you're not on board with the Pelicans keeping Davis. You think they should just get rid of him, right? Yeah, obviously, okay. right? You don't want to give up. A, you don't want to let a star walk no, for no, free. And you no. don't want a year of a disgruntled star who has claimed to not be there. So you need to get rid of him by this summer at the latest. Yeah. It's kind of like what the Mavericks and the Knicks kind of did. You know, they, Porzingis is like, hey, I want out of here. And then they shipped him away probably for the first year that they came knocking at the door, which. Nah, the Mavericks and the Knicks, they were discussing that trade yeah. for a couple of days. There's no way they were able to complete that big of a trade that quickly. Mm-hmm. They knew. They, they, they had. Sh- they, yeah. they already talked well, prior to that meeting. I'm, I'm, they had to have I'm a just sense. Saying, they wanted to get, they wanted Davis with Porzingis going to the Pelicans and the Pelicans weren't interested in. Porzingis. How about the Knicks, though, real quick? I didn't like they, that trade. They, really? Yeah. I like the trade for both sides. Really? I don't I, I don't ever say that about a trade, but for both sides, I think it's a good trade. Now I think KD, especially nope. if, hold on, especially if he wins the championship with the Warriors, he's going to go to New York and watch Kyrie. He's going to have the choice between New York and L.A. <sighs> See, this is, this is what I was about to say. I like the tr- trade from the Mavericks standpoint. I think they really made out in that deal. For the Knicks, if you're a Knicks fan, I like it if you realize that you're not that this is not going to help you get Kevin Durant. Because it's not. We, we've seen time again that Kevin Durant's the type of player that wants to win a championship. He's not like LeBron James who wants to go somewhere and be a project and work with a team and, and, and build yourself up and get a championship. It's been known time and time again Kevin Durant wants to be with a team where he can win now. He's not going to go to the Knicks where... They might sign Kyrie. Like Durant won't be the first guy to go sign with the Knicks. He'll be the second or the third guy after a couple superstars sign. So if, if Knicks fans realize that this trade was to dump salary cap space in Porzingis and, and to build a younger team, then okay, then it's a good trade in that sense. But if you think as a Knicks fan that this was a good trade because now we're going to get Kevin Durant next summer, I, I just don't see it happening. I think you had a better chance of keeping Kevin Durant if you can make it work with salary crap by keeping Porzingis, because that's another star at least that you can draw to the attention of guys like Durant or Kyrie Irving. Now you're just stuck with, okay, yeah, we have young stars like Kevin Knox, maybe Zion Williamson if, they get, if you get them. This is what we got. You want to come here and do a project? Not everyone's going to be like LeBron James. I don't, uh-huh. think, I don't think KD cares about Porzingis. I think Porzingis doesn't matter in free agency yeah, because I don't either. think other stars care about him. I think that they think he's unproven and he's kind of injury prone and he's cute and all, but he's a fan-based type of player, sure. not a player's player. Absolutely. Here's the thing. The Knicks are running around with their head cut off because they've been running on this big market 
theory that really grinds my gears that I'll get to later in the show, <laughs> that big markets attract players, which hasn't been the case in the NBA for the past decade, as for the past for the star movement era at all. And the thing is, is that I think the Knicks have they they think in their heart of hearts that they're going to get Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And it segues into our other topic. You know, Kyrie says in MSG this weekend, he says, "Ask me July first about my free agency plans." I think that's just Kyrie saying the media. I hate this. I hate how you guys are Absolutely. always up my ass oh. about this and bothering me. I don't think it's him being like, oh, like Porzingis left. Like, there's two slots. Like, I might link up with KD. And here's the thing. There's so much tampering going on in the league that the Knicks have to know something. Someone said there's something. back channels, Drew. Someone knows something. Someone yeah, said absolutely. something to the Knicks that made them think, okay, we're going to dump the unicorn. Let's go at it. But I think they're going to come up empty-handed at the absolutely. end of the day, this free, really? this I don't free think agency. So. I think they're going to be I, so I, empty-handed. Listen, I think the relationship that KD has with one of the front office members at the Knicks. I forget his name. But I think through back channels and agents talking, tampering, and all that good stuff, I think Kevin Durant, if he wins the championship with the Warriors, which is obviously likely, I think he's headed to New York because he needs a new challenge. He wants to be better than LeBron. Mm -hmm. And he knows if he goes to New York, how dysfunctional New York is, he knows if he goes to New York and wins a championship, it doesn't even matter if he wins it by himself or another superstar. He knows that will put him in the LeBron conversation. I don't think you're paying attention to Katie's personality. Yeah. I don't think you've seen enough interviews, heard yeah. enough clips from him, wow. heard, heard what he says. He doesn't care about greatness. He doesn't care about his yes, legacy. He, does. he doesn't. Dude, no, he, he doesn't. is so he doesn't. thin-skinned. No, he he's doesn't. the most thin-skinned superstar in the he entire He's the most thin-skinned superstar because he wants to ball and he wants to win. He doesn't want to have a legacy. He doesn't want to be the best player he of all be time. He doesn't. Than he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. That's why he doesn't want to play with LeBron. No, he doesn't. That's the reason he went to the Warriors is because he's not like LeBron. He's not engineered like LeBron. He wants to be better than LeBron. He doesn't. He doesn't care about Drew's 100 right. He care about. He doesn't care about that. He will stay with the Warriors for years and years and years if he thinks that's the best situation for him. But if he thinks he's getting slighted by that organization, he will move in a heartbeat. He's KD is all about himself. He's all about his heart, about his thin skin. He doesn't want his feelings hurt. Very sensitive and if his too. feelings hurt or by Draymond, he doesn't, care, he doesn't care about LeBron and the greatest player of all time. That's LeBron's initiative. That's, that's other stars' initiative. I think initiative. it's KD, too. It's not KD. He doesn't care. True. And the only reason he'll go to the Knicks is if he thinks the organization will treat him better and he will have a more fruitful situation as far as the media not harassing him. That's why he'll go to the Knicks. Drew's 100% right. You need to watch interviews and hear the way Kevin Durant talks. He doesn't care about, oh, I'm in a discussion with LeBron James. He doesn't care. He cares about being with a team that's going to treat him right, winning championships. That's what he cares about. He doesn't care about, oh, if I go to the Knicks and build his legacy while LeBron's in L.A., then I'm going to be the best of all time. It doesn't, doesn't matter to Kevin Durant. I've never even heard Kevin Durant say, I want to be better than LeBron. This is what I'm striving for. He's striving for to winning championships and playing basketball, exactly what Drew said. Mm -hmm. I don't think it has anything to do with him trying to be the greatest basketball of all time. If he, if he so happens to be the greatest basketball player of all time by doing this, then he'll be happy with it. But that's not his goal here in, in the NBA. I disagree. But let's talk about Kyrie's future with the Celtics. And like Drew said earlier, Irving was asked about his mindset regarding his decision to re-sign with the Celtics. And he said, ask me July 1st. He also said he doesn't that know. That sounds bad. He also says he doesn't know anybody. I don't know if you saw that, but someone doesn't, asked him. Yeah, he doesn't know anybody. Anything. Yeah, asked if he was going to stay with Boston. Basically, his answer came down to, I don't know anybody. Still, though, I think he's leaving Boston. 100%. Okay. 100%. So, right? Hold on. Last week, you both of you said he's not leaving Boston. How about now? I think he is. Okay, so I'm going to say the exact same thing I told you last week whenever we talked about it. And I say to you, most people, I say, look around the National Basketball Association and look at Kyrie Irving as a basketball player and look at what he wanted out of 
the LeBron trade. He wanted his own team where he was the man and he was responsible for the team and they could compete for championships. Is there a better team out there right now that can compete with one star being the man there and compete with other teams that are super teams? There's one. It's the Boston Celtics. Kyrie Irving is surrounded by a bunch of very young, talented players and a bunch of veterans who know their role along with a developing guy. I call him a developer because Gordon Hayward having a down season but clearly an all-star and I think people are forgetting that and next season he's going to come back a lot stronger. Kyrie's got that guy in the wings. And that guy is clearly under Kyrie's arm. He's clearly the man in Boston. Any other place he goes, he wants to compete for a title, he's not going to be the man. Name one place. Toronto, Kawhi's the man. Philly, Embiid's the man. Simmons the man. Butler's the man. Warriors, obviously not. Goes back to the L.A. with LeBron. He's not the man Clippers, anymore. Clippers, but he wouldn't have a guy around him. Right, he wouldn't he have a guy around him. him. And the Clippers would probably push to go for Kawhi in free agency this year. Yeah. The Celtics are his best pos- possible opportunity to win titles and be the face of that of that team and be the guy who led the Boston Celtics back to greatness, back to the title, title land. Because he says that, Kyrie hates the media. It's the reason why he said the world's flat is because he's he, he was annoyed. He said, I was messing with all you guys because I'm tired of you guys asking me question after question and, and it just being boring. He doesn't owe anyone anything. That's just Kyrie being, you know, I'm, I don't care. I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about what you think. I don't care about pleasing a fan base. I'm going to tell Boston that I want to come when I want. If I came out as a free agent and I was like, I want to stay in Boston, and they just kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me about it, the media just kept bothering I'd be like, well, fuck you guys. I'm not going to say anything anymore. I don't want to hear this. You'll hear it from me July 1st. I'm trying to play basketball. I'm trying to win a title right now. Kyrie, I think he's going to stay. But I think that if he gets in his own way mentally, I, I think he's a very smart guy, so I think he's going to stay. But I think that this is the best possible opportunity for Drew, him. Drew, I 100% agree with you. I don't think you could have said it even better. You're right. Kyrie, I said this on one of my shows last week, Kyrie just wants to be the guy. He doesn't want to be a guy. He wants to be the guy. And in Boston, he's the guy. He could have a legacy there. He could finish his career there mm-hmm. for however long he plays and be you know, in discussions with Larry Bird and Paul Pierce, one of the greatest Boston Celtics ever. Is there a better spot for Kyrie, John? Yeah, there is. You know he's we're the, right. Listen, you're, all right, you get caught up too much talent, in the, in the terms headlines. Of, in, terms of mm-hmm. talent, in terms of talent, no. But he knows there's way too much talent in Boston for him to even be able to be the leader. Listen, right he is now, the leader. He's, hold on, right, he's hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right now, he's going through what all guys, what all girls go through after they have a bad breakup with their honey. He's saying, "Damn it, I should have never left LeBron. <laughs> I should have never left LeBron." That's why he called LeBron back. He said, "Baby, come back." He I'm said, "Telling you, he said, I'm he's so- going to come back. He's going to play with LeBron, or he's going to go to New York." That phone call. I think hold on, hold on. He's going to New York or he's going to L.A. One, to play with LeBron, or he's going to go to New York to play with KD. But That's what's going to happen. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, he wants to be the man, but he's he knows he can't be the man in Boston. He There's is two. the man. Right he now. Is he the is man. the man. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Who's Listen, the man no, in Boston? Hold on. Hold on. Please explain to me right now who's the man in Boston. Because right? everything Drew and I were saying was Kyrie's the undisputed man. Please yes, he's the man me. right now. But... Terry Rozier, he's pissed. Jason Tatum, he's pissed. Jalen Brown, he's pissed. Gordon Hayward, he's pissed. It's only one basketball. They Listen, those players think, we got to the conference finals without you. Mm-hmm. We could do it again without you. So, in their mindset, they're saying, 
Why are you trying to be the man, be the biggest leader on this team when we got there without you? What could you add to this? John, I got news for you. Terry Rozier isn't doing the contract negotiations with Kyrie this this offseason. If Kyrie goes if Kyrie goes but in that it meeting. It's two to tango. If if Kyrie doesn't listen, if Kyrie does not want to go to Boston, he sees how bright and shiny New York and LA look. He's going to go there. If Kyrie walks into the office with Danny Age and says, I want a max contract, I don't want Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum out now, you know what he's going to do? You know what Danny Age is going to do? He's going to sign Kyrie to a max contract, and he's going to deal those two away for players who are going to fall in line with Kyrie. You know what? That's what he should do. But I don't think he does. Also, Because you know what? I don't think Kyrie wants to stay in Boston anymore. I I also want to know where you've got that Gordon Hayward is upset. Because I haven't seen anything about that. He's actually just accepted the role. I didn't say Gordon t- Hayward specifically is upset, but those guys... You did say... You, no, you said Gordon Hayward is upset. You said he's upset. No, 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 no. Okay, I, I meant to say those guys from two... What was it? Last year. Yeah, last year. They're thinking to themselves, we got to the conference finals without you. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They did. They did. Yes, they did. without Kyrie. Yes, okay, exactly. Eastern conference finals. I thought you meant finals. Oh. I, yeah, you so meant I finals. said conference finals. Okay, sorry. So... In their mindset, they're like, we don't really need Kyrie. And okay. Kyrie senses that. They need Kyrie. But, but, That's why they didn't they win. Do. But, they, they do. But there's, dude, listen, there are so many egos in sports. Sure. So many. Jason Tatum, he's not having the great year that he did. Jalen Brown, he's not. Even though he's had a, part, a couple bright spots this entire year. I'm telling you, those young guys, they don't want Kyrie there. And Kyrie senses that. And Kyrie wants to go back to New York or, or he's going to go to L.A. New York, that's where he grew up. All right, so, but here's my thing. You're saying, oh, we, we they almost made it to the we almost made it to the championship without Kyrie. We don't need him. Well, guess what? Maybe if they had Kyrie, they would have made it to Terror the finals. They would have made it to the next step. So why could you say? Maybe, but they, but how can you say? That. Oh, Maybe they don't oh, know that. Oh, they don't realize. Okay. That. Oh, we almost got it. We don't need Kyrie. We almost got it without him. Yeah. Keyword almost. He lost to LeBron. He didn't even make it to the championship. He only made it to the conference finals with Kyrie on that team. Right now, they're the easy shoe in to win in the East. I don't care about how good the Sixers are going to or being right now. They could suck Celtics own the Sixers, and especially in the playoffs, they will own the Sixers. The Celtics are easily the best team in the East. Kyrie knows that. And I don't think these young guys are thinking that. You know, like, oh, damn. I think they are. Damn. You know, they're probably happy that, okay, we have a we have a leader in Kyrie. He's making us better and he's making the team better. And with Kyrie, we could win a championship. Are they better? Because right now, they have a worse record than they did last year when Kyrie didn't play. I wouldn't question the, the Boston Celtics. Oh, by the way, Kyrie got injured around this time last season. So, exactly. so up to this point. So it's the same team, essentially, actually without Gordon Hayward. Well, I, was just I don't really Buy into, I really don't buy into records that much in the first half of the season. because the, the, Well, that's what they look at. The Rockets are in sixth right now, and you really think they're going to end up in sixth when it comes to the end of the season? Call me after the All-Star break. Brad Stevens, I don't question Brad Stevens and his rotational. Honestly, if he doesn't have the best rotation for the Boston Celtics by the first round of the playoffs, I won't be, I won't be scared, and I'm a Boston Celtics fan because this guy knows how to coach on the fly, and he knows he has a stud scorer in Kyrie Irving, and that's what's going to take them farther Amazing. along with their I'm not team questioning- defense. The Celtics' commitment to Kyrie. I'm questioning his commitment to the Celtics. Because, listen, he said in the summer, I'll come back if you'll have me. Okay? Right now, he could have shut up all that doubt and said, yes, I want to come back to the Celtics. But he's not a media. He doesn't want to bother the media. But he doesn't care about that. He knows it's the fans. He wants the fans to know that he wants to stay. And then, also... The fact that he said, ask me July 1st, 
That's concerning. You can't say that it's not. Or true. maybe he could have said it's not concerning. It's not, it's not concerning not, at all. Concerned concerned at all. At all. Because he, no one wants to talk about their contract midway through the season. Dude. He doesn't care how about, about how about Anthony Davis. He just did. Sure, because guys. he's he's in a dying franchise. Because they're twelfth in the, the West. The Pelicans have so, no. Right, so the exactly. Pel- no, let me so, let me finish. Yeah. The Pelicans have no future this season. The Celtics do. Why does Kyrie Irving have to answer about what he wants to do in free agency? All he cares about is playing right now and bring the Celtics to where they should be or where they want. If to I'm be. Kyrie Irving, I'm about to win a. If I'm Kyrie Irving, I think I'm going to win the championship with the Boston Celtics this year. I don't give a shit about free agency. Yeah. I'm trying to yes, win the title. Worry about that next year, about All after right. everything goes on. But we, we got to move on because John just, ugh, John. Listen, I'm listen. I'm not afraid to adapt to ni- new ideas. No, you guys you're, you're are not just so to read stuck the in the past. And get a t- you, you guys yeah, are so stuck headlines. in the past. You, you love reading TMZ headlines. Like, oh, oh, God, Kyrie and LeBron <laughs> spotted, <laughs> spotted at McDonald's together. Oh, my God, they're going to yeah, come that's, that's back. What, that's what happens. That's that's, what you happens. just love headlines. You're, you're yeah. a big TMZ Hollywood headline guy. Yeah, 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 that's, it's all right. It goes with your Hollywood haircut. Mamma mia. Your Hollywood haircut. Look at this racist ass over here. All right, all right. Oh, man. Shall we move on? Yes. Yes. Two. You know what really grinds my gears? What really grinds your gears, John? Okay. What really grinds my gears Tell is... Tell us, John. We want to know. The fans... We should, as fans, we shouldn't be upset about the Super Bowl. All right? Okay. People are calling it the most boring game that they've ever seen. Me. That's a lie. Because this, what this game was, was a Titans-Jaguars Thursday night football game. <laughs> That's all it was. What? Yeah. <laughs> that was a good game this thir- this year. Remember <laughs> Derrick Henry? It's, a it's like an miss. But Derrick Henry had that game? Bro, I, watch every, I watch every single time game out. in prime time. But at least Derrick Henry had more touchdowns than both teams in that Thursday True. night game. True. I'm just saying, like, it's just, it was a crappy <laughs> matchup. That's We called it from the beginning. It was a crappy matchup. Like, it was going to be a terrible game. So, that's what it was. And as a football, like, huge fan of football, I loved watching Brian Flores and Bill Belichick call plays on defense. The way they expose the Rams yeah. to only hold them to three points, that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sean McVay, the great coach, the great, great innovator. Coach, the great innovator. He sucks now. All right. Doug Peterson beat his ass twice in LA with his backup quarterback, <laughs> and he beat the Patriots. Come on. Right. Doug Peterson is better than Sean McVay. I want you guys to say it with me. No. no. Doug Peterson's no. not better than Sean McVay? No, he's not. Oh, my God. You guys are no. you guys are just pulling no. my strings here. You know what? I'll, 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 I'll chime in next year, but I don't want to chime in right now. Wow. You got, I guess. How? Because he won the Super Bowl. But like, yeah, and he's 2-0 and against them uh, Frank, with a backup quarterback. Frank Reich is probably Oh, the my God. Stop. Now, now you're just a, a BS. Dude, he's just pissed because yeah. now the Cowboys hired <laughs> Kellen Moore as the oh, offense coordinator. Man. And John Kidna. <laughs> yeah. John who called the baby? You did. Yeah, exactly. You, 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 you were like, me. oh, we're going to get a big splash higher. Get the hell <laughs> out of here. You got Kellen Moore, a left handed quarterback from Boise State. Hey. The highlight of his career was a statue. Hey, of Garrett's not oh extended. God. That's all I'm happy about. Whatever. Garrett's not extended. All right, true. But what, what really, what really grind, grinds yeah. your gears? Oh, man. What really, really grinds my gears, guys, is when people like Gianfranco Iliano stand there and say, the bright lights of New York and the bright lights of L.A. when that's, they're talking are, about basketball free agency. Here's the thing, okay? So if you've lived in the era that we have, which you have because you're <laughs> listening to this podcast, you know that players move a lot. And you know that the thing in, the most popular thing to say when a player moves is, 
Look at this big market with these uh, max slots. You know, what can they do? What can they, how can they attract? I remember when LeBron was a free agent, first time, Cavs, going to Miami. Uh, there was the Knicks. There was the, the Nets. There was the Clippers. There was the Lakers. There were all these teams that were, not the Lakers because they had Kobe, but there were all these big market teams, and they all fell flat. None of them had a shot in the end. I, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the stars and how they've aligned and how they've moved. I haven't seen a good New York Knicks team in my lifetime. They've won one playoff series, I think, in my lifetime. It was the Carmelo Anthony team. It was the Carmelo Anthony team that they got in a trade? They got in a trade. So that's New York's one one guy that they have. I don't know a big splash free agent, free agent that they've had. Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire. A guy who showers in wine. <laughs> or bathes in wine. Whatever. What a G. L.A.? L.A. had their worst five-year five, five year stretch before LeBron shows up. And we know why LeBron shows up, because he's got all of his, He's planted in L.A., and that's great that L.A. got him because he's planted there. But the big market argument is not working. And the, and the New York Knicks shouldn't be working their free agent angle just based off the fact they're in New York, because that's not how the league works. Players go to teams that they want to stick with, you know, that they, that they think are going to be winners. Golden State is not a good basketball area. You know, down in Silicon Oakland, Valley. it's Silicon Valley. All those tech moguls are on the side. They don't even know what a basketball is. But Katie's there because it's where they can win. It's not a big market, even though it's in California. LA's the big market. So I'm tired, and it just grinds my gears to hear analysts bring that up. The the new breaking Stephen. The New York Knicks have a very good shot of landing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Agent. No, there's nothing to tell us that they would land it besides ESPN speculation. That's the only reason we talk about this kind of stuff is because of speculation. And the Knicks just traded away their best player they've had in I don't know two decades. So they can open up an extra spot. So they can op- nice open contract. up an extra spot because they're a big market and but, but big all right, teams. Then how come how come Anthony Davis wants to go to LA? How come Kawhi Leonard wants to go to LA? Because how how come KD right because went Le- to Golden State because, because Kawhi probably just wants to make more money in a bigger market right that's that's fair that's fair enough he probably Toronto's wants to, a big market but he wants to go to L A but he wants to go to L A L A right exactly AD wants to play with LeBron there's a Rich Paul linking there we I, know that hold on I think and, he was going to L A no matter what no matter if LeBron was there or not now I think he would have because I think that Anthony Davis wants to improve his legacy and who's the best at improving legacies LeBron James and, the guy who's been to eight straight and, finals and LeBron could use oh, no, a big he, he and if LeBron had worse. a big man ooh, like if he has like a big mm-hmm. man yeah, like but they do. if you think about this LeBron kind of makes those type of players worse he made Kevin Love worse Kevin Love he was made just... Chris Bosh worse like no. those guys plays go down no those they guys broke... played on teams where they were the the, 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 the option exactly. and they became the third option on those all right, maybe their numbers go down. That's what I should say. Maybe their numbers go down. Kevin Love and Chris Bosh co- both started getting hurt mm-hmm. during their times of both LeBron shows. forces players to adapt to his play style, but that's only because he's the best player on the floor. Now, do and we you want to re- see Anthony Davis do that? We want. Do but, we want to see Anthony Davis become a three-point shooter? Anthony Davis is still going to average like 28, 14, Wait, and, and like five so. every night. Why would so. Anthony Davis be a three-point shooter with LeBron? Why? why would that's th- what he does to the big guys. Who can shoot? Because KD or KD, AD can shoot threes. But AD is a little different than Chris Bosh yeah. and Kevin Love, right? We we can agree yeah, that AD, yeah. AD, AD would and LeBron are like one A and one B. Whereas Love was kind of like a B player and Bosh was kind of like a B player, right? The more, the more I look at it, I don't know if AD is probably is the best fit for LeBron and the Lakers because one, he does get hurt a lot. He's never played a full season. Yeah, but and LeBron always makes those big guys not play the way that we're used to watching them play. As I, much as I would love to see it, trust me, I hope it happens. I'm just saying we should get used to what LeBron does to 
these players that link up with him. I think you're trying to compare too much to the LeBron two yeah. the, the big threes that LeBron has had where he's had a kind of a wing scorer that has also taken up a lot of touches so that forces the big man to adapt when it's just LeBron and AD and a bunch of scrubs beso- beside them they're going to get the majority of the touches LeBron's not going to ask AD to go out there and adapt to his game because he's got Kyrie on the wing or, or Dwayne Wade slashing he's going to say AD do your thing I'm going to do my thing and slowly little by little you're going to take on more of a load progressively as I get older. There's something different is LeBron is older now, mm, so he's going to want to pass yes. on that, you know, those touches, that, that tired that amount of, that tired face he had in last year's finals. Mm. He doesn't want to experience that. He wants to be able to rely on Davis in a second unit type setting. So Davis is going to get just as much time being himself okay. as he would have on the and, Pelicans. And, and Davis is, like Drew said, is a completely different player than Kevin Love and Chris Bosh is. I think he's a lot better. He offers a lot more. He's probably more versatile. And if LeBron does ask him to shoot, He's probably the better shooter out of those three. Maybe Kevin Love. No. Chris Bosh was better at shooting than Kevin Love and AD. Uh, no. I no. think Kevin no? Love is a much better shooter than Chris Bosh. All right, Chris maybe Bosh. Kevin Love is better much than better. Bosh. Much better. Much better. Maybe he's better than Bosh. But Bosh is, or AD is not the best out of all three. No way. I don't think so. You're 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 tripping, right? You're, AD's a better shooter than all three? Oh, I thought you meant just better as a player. Oh, no, 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 no. Better shooter. No, 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 he's no. Not. He's no. probably the worst of the three, but he yeah, can still shoot. But he's the best player out of all three. Yes, though. yes. I thought you meant he's better than Chris, he's worse than Chris Bosh. Absolutely Kevin not. Chris Bosh can't, are you kidding me, the dinosaur that he is? That, that was about to grind my gears. Okay. But um. But Chris, what, is, what grinds your gears? Yeah, Chris, what grinds your gears? You know what, guys? You know what really grinds my gears? The Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl being the last two games of the NFL season that us fans have to watch. But we got spoiled on it. Sure, we got spoiled on championship weekend, but boy, I love watching football, guys. I really do. I'm already counting down the days for fantasy next year. 213 days. To kick off next year. To kick off. But you know what? At least last year's Super Bowl, I wasn't an Eagles fan, but I got to enjoy it with my friends like you, John, and I got to live it in the parade and, and, and be around it and enjoy it. And the game was great. But this Super Bowl, it stunk. And the Patriots won. I hate the Patriots. And you know what? The Pro Bowl was even bad. It was just a bad way to end the season watching football. I mean, this season was great. I thought this whole regular season was great. We got to see young players. We got to see some scoring, some ties. There's a lot of great football. Then it came down to Pro Bowl, and it was like, oh, the Pro Bowl sucked. Super Bowl sucked. And now that's the last, that's the way that the 2018 NFL season ends. Off of a terrible Pro Bowl and off of one of the worst Super Bowls that ever be played that I've watched. That's how the NFL season ends. Now I'm just waiting and counting down until the season starts again because I need to get those bad memories out of my head. Start counting. We have 213 more days until kickoff. I can't count that high. So <laughs> I'll wait till maybe, you know, 35, 40 days where it's more of <laughs> nice. my level of counting. You're oh, right, God. though. We kind of ended the conference championships on, like, bad note with the refs and the rules. And yeah. then, and then the NFL Pro Bowl. concluded the season pretty badly. Pretty badly. Yeah. But but we saw some really cool wild card games. Like, like I think yeah. luck, over, luck over the Texans was really awesome. Yeah, no, it was. With great... his comeback story and everything. This the double doink. The double doink. Look, the, time. the, the whole Cowboys. season yeah, was Cowboys. great. <laughs> I thought this was a great – I thought this was honestly a great 2018 – 2019 NFL season. I was I was pretty good. I liked it. I, 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 was, inter- I was entertained. It was great. But guys, guess what? Baseball. Yay. What? Wait, what is Baseball that? coming up. Oh, wow. Wait, that's a sports still? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, guys. People like, still care about yeah, that? People still care. Yeah, dude, we're waiting on two wait, big wait, free yeah, agents. Wake me up when those two bastards decide to sign someone. <laughs> decide to make, what, like, $300 yeah. million what, what, dollars by what'd signing What do you say? Something. 235 days till football season starts? Yeah. I wonder if they'll sign by then. They probably not. I doubt it. I will be watching <laughs> the NBA and I'll be following the NBA free agency. So I will not and, be watching and, any baseball. And by the time NBA free agency starts, Machado and Harper probably wouldn't sign yet. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? But 
we're done talking about NFL regular season and playoffs now. Wow, the NFL season is officially over. Wow. How about that? How about that? And me and John still get to argue about who's better, Dak or Wentz, next season. Well, it's, yeah. still, it's Wentz, no doubt. <laughs>